When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel L. Kahn, and Dennis Dick with you on this, I will call it a slightly down-to-flat morning, but we had a rip-roaring day yesterday, so uh, as far as I'm concerned, we're still still in the green. Uh, got a lot to get to. We're going to talk through trades, what worked yesterday, what didn't. Uh, well, so I'll tell you what worked. Buying worked and selling didn't. Um, Mish Snyder is our guest today. She's the Director of Trading Education and Research at Market Gauge. She would join the show at 8.35. Before I throw it to Joel, and Joel, while I'm doing this, can you share your charts, please? But before I throw it to Joel, I wanted to make a quick programming announcement. Uh, we are doing, we've gotten a lot of feedback in the last few days about doing separate streams and, and all-day streams. Today, we're doing both. Yes, both. We are doing an all-day stream and separate streams on youtube twitch and twitter so you can't go wrong okay if you want the all-day stream it'll be there if you want separate streams it'll be there too uh and then the last thing i want to hype up before i throw it to joel here is tomorrow jason rasnick is doing an interview with kathy wood why is that relevant to you well one it's interesting but also we are opening up the floor to our viewers to ask kathy wood a question i'm putting the link right now in chat there it is there's a link to a landing page you can submit your question and we're going to draw them at random and ask kathy wood your question so there is the link it's go.benzinga.com it's, it's right there i'll put it um, i'll put it again in the chat throughout the day but there is a link ask kathy wood your question and maybe we will ask it uh, on tomorrow's interview. That'll be at uh, 2, 2 p.m. tomorrow, Eastern Time. All right. All that being said, let's do this. Joel, bring, let's bring up your charts. How are we doing this morning? Uh, good morning, Spencer. Uh, we're in the slightly in the red by three and a half handles uh, at 38.95 and a quarter. We had a dip overnight uh, down to 66 and a quarter, maybe some turmoil in the Asian markets, but we right, rebounded right back up. Pre-market high, nothing up there, 39.0650. What we're looking at would be yesterday's high, Monday's high at 39.12. And then kind of opens up after there. We could get that rally 
Dennis and Spencer were talking about if we can clear that 39.12. Uh, gold trying to distance itself from 1700 uh, down to 0460, back up at 33.5, up 11 bucks. Silver going the opposite way. That's down uh, two point, uh, just a little bit less than a cent, about six cents to 26.61. Uh, Bitcoin, quiet range here, $2,000 range. Uh, got over 50 and under 49, but uh, we're hanging at 49,300. That's in the futures. So, Triple D, we're going to bring you on here. Some retail earnings after the close. Uh, Rocket is blasting off. we got a lot yeah. to talk about here. Yeah, the Rocket ship is off. Congratulations to everyone who's been holding on to that one. I sold it back in the last short squeeze. I think it's another short squeeze. I mean... You obviously had the special dividend, good earnings, so you get that, you know, get, you know, that earnings momentum going. But they're talking about it over on Reddit. I'm looking for a headline to see why it's up another 15% today. I'm going to give Reddit the credit because I don't really see the headline from last night that's driving the stock. It was up all night. It's up continued here this morning. I think Reddit's squeezing this one. Credit to Reddit. That could be credit a to Reddit. Type. I like yeah. that. That you okay, you Reddit traders. You got the rocket ship going here. I'm sure Jason Rasnick pretty happy about this one. Um, thoughts here, Joel. I mean, this has been a stock that has been a dog for a long time, but now it's breaking out. It's through that critical level, that 25.55 high that it made back on the last short yep. squeeze. So you start thinking you got 28, maybe you got 30. I mean, obviously we don't know when these things end. Um, but it seems like once they get going, they can go for a little bit. So I don't know if I'm, I'm not chasing up 15% here today, but if you're in it, um, well, we don't give investment advice, but you know, I think it's got a shot at 30. I think it's got, it's come this far. So it's, it's tough though. When Reddit's, you know, there's a whole different animal I'm learning, you know, when retail grabs a hold of a stock, how far they can go, you think it can go this far and then you find out it can go a lot further. Uh, Kenny's making a good point, uh, but, you know, we knew this a couple days ago. The dividend payout is March 9th, right, for the deadline. So, I mean, if you wanted that, I mean, it would have been a good investment on uh, Thursday or Friday. They've already put uh, more than uh, more than a buck on this. I'll just give you the pre-market high, and that's really the only thing we have right now to base our analysis on. That comes in at 28.59. You hit that a couple brackets. So see what it does up there. Not much on the dailies, not much. I mean, the monthly, it had that crazy run to just over 34, just after the, a little bit after the IPO uh, with the bump. Uh, I believe Kramer was involved in a pump on that. So first things first, take out the pre-market at high 2859 then look at your whole numbers you know 29 and 30 I, right now hard to call top so let's jump to the earnings parade here lots of uh, sure. earnings from this morning and last night let's start with target i got down and dirty this one somebody okay. got really excited last night and they wanted to own it they had to own it before the report uh this thing i, I watched it go 187 188 189 i'm like this starts going over 190 which would actually put it to, um, I believe, target uh, over 190. No, um, sorry, I was looking at the wrong chart there. But it had, you know, it was up there a few days ago. But I was like, it's giving you a pretty good lead. So yes, the evil Dennis shorted the stock last <laughs> night. Target uh, 190, 190.10, multiple trades on nice. it. Took it, uh, took it through the report. Shorted it to take it through the report. My my logic here was uh, one. 
I thought they're gonna have to blow it away because we saw Walmart have a pretty good report and then it didn't get the pop off. But that's so what Joel, that's what like, Joel said. Yeah, well, you listen to the exactly. Oh no, I, actually, I, well, you read my mind, Joel. So we were thinking <laughs> the same way. I guess we've traded with each other for so long, we think the same way. Second thing is, I hedged it with Walmart, and I did oh, it. Nice. I did it huge. I did it three to one because I figured that the Walmart move would be a lot less because it's already reported. But I was like, you know what? Target rips up five, six bucks. They'll buy. They'll buy Walmart up a bit. So I hedged it three to one with Walmart. End of the report, and it worked like a charm. Um, Target it comes in. Walmart was actually trading up, so I was able to take it off here this morning. Walmart is still trading up about 40, 50 cents, and Target's obviously significantly down from that 190. So yes, you can make money shorting stocks even in a bull market. Yeah, it's nice that you put the hedge, Spencer. You want to give that report? Yeah, here are the numbers on Target. Q4 adjusted EPS two dollars and sixty-seven cents versus a two dollar and fifty-four cent estimate. So they beat that. Sales beat by Smage twenty-eight versus twenty-seven and a half billion dollars. Uh, Q4 comps up twenty percent year over year. Digital comp sales up one hundred eighteen percent year over year. They are not providing guidance. Uh, sales guidance for this year due to, or EPS guidance for the uh, for the year due to the pandemic. They also said they did, did not buy back any stock last quarter, but they have resumed buybacks this quarter. The funny thing is that's the first time I've actually seen the numbers since you just read them. <laughs> I've traded into the into the report, held it through the report, got out of the report. I never actually looked at the numbers. That's how much I cared about the numbers. So stock reaction tells you it all. I mean, it's trading up here a little bit, but we've seen, you know, some stocks get sold on good earnings. And is this as good as it gets for Target? I think it is. And if I was along the stock, I would actually sell it. Um, I, well, I shorted it, but I'm flat now, so I can freely talk about it. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to go short it again now, but um, if I was long it, I think I'd ring the register here. It's been a, a great year for Target. And I just see what Walmart has done. I see what Home Depot has done. You know, a lot of stocks have been absolutely hammered. The retail stocks, like Walmart, that's a pretty good hammering from 150 down to 130, you know, on a consumer staple, big company. Again, these stocks, you know, it's not sexy really either. So and if we start coming out of COVID as Target, you know, the, the place, you know, they're already going to Target. They're going to start going to other places. So you see that reopening. Target is not a reopening story. It's more of a lockdown story, Target and Walmart. So... That's why I think this is as good as it gets, and I think I'd ring the register if I was in it. Isn't that interesting? They're not providing guidance. Well, how do comp- you? It's so hard. And you're going to see companies do this more and more, but it's tough. Like, Joel, we don't know where, you know, yes, I the know. vaccine's working. You don't, but they're trying to analyze, okay, well, how much did we benefit from the lockdown? Did we benefit from the lockdown? Obviously, don't people coming in and buying, you know, we have them buying, you know, our, our essential products here, but we don't have them coming in and buying a lot of other stuff. So maybe we don't, maybe we, maybe we are, maybe we are a reopening play. I mean, Target is a little bit of a mix, but I tend to think that they were more at least being priced as a lockdown trade. And also, Think about the comps. Think about the year-over-year comps oh, from I mean, last year, last so year, this year. It's, it's it's impossible. It's impossible to to beat those numbers again. Yeah, you can't do yeah. it. You can't. You do set it. the bar really, really high, and you know what? Shareholders have been rewarded. The stock from the March lows is up basically a hundred percent. Yep. It's Target. It's not some high-tech growth company. This is a big box retail. It's been around for you know <laughs> decades. I just think this is the time where, wow, you know, it's been a good run. Maybe lock it in. We could be wrong. 
I mean, you know, there's lots. I was getting a little bit bearish in the market, and that's obviously wrong. So we're just trying, you know, to give you our thoughts and, you know, our opinions. And sometimes we're going to be right, sometimes we're going to be wrong. Uh, but in this case, we've we've had a little bit of precedence because Walmart got hammered after their um, good earnings. And they were up originally, too. So I don't know if it's going to follow suit exactly. But because it's not blasting off on a pretty decent report, makes totally me concerned. Totally agree, man. Yeah. Makes uh, me concerned. You, made, you picked a good area with that 190 there because you had a spike over uh, 190 on Thursday. You also sniffed it uh, a little over a week ago last Monday. So you picked a good technical level. I'll use – let's see what happens at 189 today. I know it's traded through it a lot. I'm looking at the move, that the pullback off the high from just over 200 down to 177. So if Target wants to continue on this merry way higher and make another shot at 200, I'd look for this thing to hold 189 over the next couple of days and then, you know, gain some momentum. If not, I think you might have a date here with the 177 level. Looks kind of tired. It had to break. It had to rebound. Definite lower high here. And now you're tailing off again. I mean, I don't want to get all patterny on you, but you could have a head and shoulders top on top of a head and shoulders top. That's a double head and shoulders there. Whoa. So working on the right show. Yeah, a lot of dandruff there. Uh, Triple D, before we move on, uh, some people were kind of curious about yesterday when you had the bold. I don't know if you want to talk about it. If you don't want to talk yeah, about it. I was short ExxonMobil. I, I, yeah, that was. You kind of yeah. knew it. I was yeah. like, what's the news on ExxonMobil? And then I was like, we're not getting it. And then I'm looking at CNBC and, the, and, the, and the, their executives on CNBC. So I need to go and find out the news. First thing you do when you're getting hammered, make sure you know the reason why. And secondly, then you got to go and try to work out of the trade. So, you know, what do you do when you start losing money? You cover. You try to figure it out and you cover. It's not like I'm not in the business of, oh, well, I hope it comes back down. I'm going to be short XML from 50. I don't know where it closed yesterday, but I was down way over a buck. I think it was down almost two bucks in it. So, anyways, I was short ExxonMobil. I had a hedge on. I was long Chevron versus ExxonMobil. It was a pairs trade. And, obviously, Exxon had the news with the execs. So, it was ripping higher. So, you got to work out of it. You work out of your losers. I'm disciplined, man. I take those losses. I, I so, you care. immediately went You immediately worked out of the spread, right? You just put the fire yeah, out. Yeah, as you best I can. Like, it. sometimes you got to look. Like, you got to analyze. Okay, well, you just ripped up a buck. You come in a little bit, maybe. You know, you're still working the trade. And, you know, I'm not like I'm like got 100 shares or something, too. It's not that simple for me. So, you know, you're trading 100 <laughs> shares. I'm, oh, I'm out. I mean, you know, sometimes I've got a few more shares than that. So you got to work it as best you can. And sometimes, you know, I'm going to be big enough that I actually might impact the price. So i got to be careful with Especially the way I work Especially in the free market. That's why I talked about, like, the discretionary order a couple of days ago. Get outside the market, you know, start to, you know, and then throw some discretion on it. So you're not in, you're not, you're not in there and, like, bidding it up. And then the high-frequency guys see you bidding it up. And then they're ch- penny-jumping you and they're getting ahead of you. You know, I'm a, I take liquidity. It's a, t- it's a type of market where when you bid the stock, then they get ahead of you. You know, oh, we got a hot one. They bid ahead of you, and they try to get you to pay as much as you possibly can. So you can't just panic, and you just want to panic and lift an offer, too. Sometimes you can. I mean, if the offer is there and I'm on the wrong side of the news, I'll lift the offer get the hell out. But, you know, in that case, the news was already out. It was already starting to come in. We were doing the show live, so, you know, it's difficult. And sometimes, you know, it's not like I got one or two overnight positions here either. I'm, I'm fairly light overnight. I got 30. So you don't notice sometimes, you know, when something happens. You just see your P&L. I'm watching the P&L. You're like, oh, what's happening? I'm getting slammed in this. So you got to go find out what the news is. I mean, when you're trading 40, 50, 100 stocks, every day you get hit with news. 
So it's just a matter of working out of those losers as best you can. So and CVX you have winners moved, and losers. Discipline. But, get right, get out right. when you're wrong. And the CVX moved, but not as much. Because yeah, because the was news, news wasn't on, on it. Yeah, I, okay. I think I ended up covering Exxon up like four percent, and Chevron sold for up like two percent. So we lost like two percent on it. So, yeah, which isn't okay. terrible. You know, you say, "Well, what's two percent?" Well. I'm jumping in edges for 0.1%, 0 0.2%, 2% of a butt kicking for me on an overnighter. So, you know, you got to work it and you work out as best you can. Yeah, because all the years, I mean, you have, you have, uh, you know, dropped the mic a, a few times though, but so, usually it's like, you're just, you come on at like 750 and you're like, I'm buried. I, mean, I can't come on, you know, but there that, there was one, it was, no, it was just interesting. And people were like, they, they they wanted to know how you worked out of it. So I thought it was a good exercise in you know risk management. That's what we talk about here. That's but. all this game is about. It's all that matters. If you're a retail trader, long term investor, and you're doing one or two trades in a week, but if you want to do this for a living, which I do, all of my wealth, all of my net worth has basically been created from trade my trading, almost 100 percent of it. You know, a little bit of investing afterwards, but it's how I got started. It's how I you know bought my first house. It's how I've done everything. The reason I've been in this game for 21 years is not that I'm good at picking stocks and I'm just good at this. And I'm a hundred, I make money on every single trade. That is oh. not why I've been in this game. The reason is that I'm very disciplined. And when the trades are working against me, I'm very good at getting out. I am not, uh, I, I'm what you would call a risk manager. I am adverse to risk. People think in my job that, oh, here's this guy, here's this trader, this gambler. He gambles for winning. Win. You know, my one friend used to say, Denny, did you win money today? Because they don't know much, you know, about the trading. Did you win money? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not about, it's not about winning money. It's about putting bets, small-sized bets, diversified bets, when you have a quantitative edge. Bob Bright, you know, you interviewed him. Great interview. We can tweet that out, you know, again, when it gets up there. Um, but, you know, you interviewed him the other day, but he's talking about a quantifiable edge, you know, and Bob's been talking about, you know, shorting those levered products, you know, and that's where he's been making a lot of money over the last decade. So, you know, you got to look at different edges. Last night, Target bid up four bucks ahead of the report. Ahead of the so, report. Yeah, ahead, ahead of the of report. The... They're giving me a four-point lead. So that's an edge. They're already giving me a four-point lead. Somebody's bidding this up thinking they're going to beat. Why? Well, they might know they're going to beat, but you know what? I also know that Walmart beat, and they beat handily, and they hit the stock. So there might it. be the potential that this might not actually go up four points. I see the scenario that what Target misses, the stock's going down. Target comes in line, I think the stock's going Target down. Stops. Target beats by a bit, I think the stock could go up a bit. Target blows it away, maybe it goes higher. So I see like four scenarios there. This person's paying up four, they're all going after this scenario. I have these other three scenarios. There's a quantifiable edge. To, and then when I hedge it with Walmart, I'm even taking some more of the risk off the table. So you can see, you know, where I'm placing that short bet last night on Target, and obviously it worked out here this morning. So I mean, that's all I'm doing is little quantifiable edges. Quit. Quick programming note, uh, Rob Friesen of Bright Trading, who uh, Dennis just referenced to, uh, is going to be our 3.40 p.m. guest today. That's uh, 3.40 on At The Close Show. Um, he's going to talk about just the same thing Dennis talked about, uh, you know, getting edges, how he does his homework at night. He's going to talk about uh, an upcoming event that he's going to do tomorrow. So uh, 
all you uh, early birds here, make sure you tune in at 3.40 today or catch that. Uh, I've learned so much from Bob, right, and from Rob Fries. And, I mean, Rob was the father of pairs trading, so he's going to be on. Like, he was the person that brought us this bright trading. Rob came in 1998. I came in 1999. But Rob came in with his quantifiable pairs trading, looking at quantifiable edges. And, you know, we still employ all those tactics today. Are we just buying Coke and Short and Pepsi? I mean, that's the most simplistic example. No. You know, we're doing different things. But look at the Paris trade that I did on the Target Walmart. I'm doing that whole spin. I know there's a relationship between Target and Walmart. I know that relationship isn't – I know Walmart, because of our report, isn't going to move as much. So I'm not just going to do it one-to-one. You're, you know, a novice Paris trader might be saying, oh, I'll short 100 grand worth of Target. I'll buy 100 grand worth of Walmart, and I'll be okay. Well, no, because Walmart's already reported, so the activity is going to be muted. So, in all likelihood, Target, Walmart's probably going to move, you know, at about a third of, you know, I'm just estimating, but I'm thinking about a third of what Target's going to move. So that's why I do it three to one, and you know, you take it off this morning and it ended up working out. So, you know, but that's a pairs trading edge. These are different edges. So, you know, people, you know, just looking at a chart, you know, and oh, this nice head and shoulders pattern, that's pretty and all. But do you honestly think, when you look at a chart, when you look at a chart? There is 6 million other traders looking at the same chart. Do you really think you're looking There's at that edge. chart differently than the other 6 million people out there? You think you're better than that? I don't know. I'll tell you bright trading. 490 traders at our peak. There wasn't a hell of a lot of traders that were technical traders that were making money. They were using the buck. They were using order flow. They were using other different edges. I like to look at charts, too. I think there is something there for the swing trader. I think there is something there for the long-term investor. For the short-term day trader... 90% of the trades that I make in my short-term day trading account, I do not look at a chart. I have three screens here. I used to have six, but I used to have more charts. But I have one little chart in the very corner, so about 10% of my screens. And the only chart I have on there is the 90-day because the 90-day will tell me what the stock has been doing. Is it trending up? Is it trending down? Is it flat? I want to know, is the stock strong, relatively strong, or relatively weak? That's all I need to know. And it just turned out the way that it were in uh, the Target that it did get it just was a coincidence that 190 was a nice level based on the daily highs. So and I looked at that too. Yeah, so that's feel, another thing, yeah, right? Yeah, but that wasn't my catalyst. My 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 reason for going in the trade was somebody's been this thing up four bucks ahead of the report. That's I don't think big. it's going to blow it away. I and mean, even if it does blow it away, I'm not even sure it goes up four bucks. So. A lot of that was, why was someone doing that? I mean, they that's... do it all the time, Joel. People just don't know. That's dumb money, is what that is, and that's what you know. That's what it is. I mean, people are speculating, and then you know, somebody starts. It might not even be dumb money. It could be smart money. It could be somebody that's like bidding it up after hours. They're trying to get this stock to look strong here. Maybe they've got a whole pile. Maybe there's some fund that's along a million shares, and they're like, there I want to bid this up a few hundred shares, a few hundred shares to try to make it look stronger ahead of the report, get other people thinking, oh, it's going to beat, and then it beats, and then it's going to go higher. There's all that stuff that you don't know what happens behind the scenes, but when you're along a million shares, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not an institutional trader, but I can tell you, you know, from, you know, we know institutional traders, and we've known different people, I mean, we know this stuff goes on, that they will push try to push stocks their direction especially after a report you know sometimes it's like oh there, nobody wants to give a direction you're you've got a million shares stock reports is no bids or offers bid a few hundred shares yeah. and in and and then it starts to go your direction you see no not, not, i'm not saying we do that i'm never that big but i'm saying this stuff happens and you have to be aware that a lot of times a reason for a stock going down might just be a big fish pushing it down 
<laughs> that's a great example. No, did you see that sometimes, especially like that, that crazy 4 a.m. open where they push Johnson. And we docked. I just want to review this one real quick. They yeah. pushed this thing to 165 uh, uh, overnight on, on news that was already out last yeah. week, yeah. right? Yeah. That it was uh, about the – and then also – I looked at it. It was up. Uh, it was up over, almost seven points at this. This, this uh, when it got to one sixty-five. Crazy. Do you know what the, the? Do you know what the range for the entire month of February was? What? Seven. And you're and you're buying it up six bucks, and somebody's buying it up six bucks at four o'clock in the morning. You know what? If I woke up at four in the morning, I would have John. I mean, I've too. I've got the kids now. I'm too tired. I used to do the four a.m. thing all the time. If I was waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning, I saw Johnson Johnson bid 165 on that headline. I would short the stock. Yes, oh, evil, short the stock. And you know what? I would have been paid for it too. That would have so, been heatless. You could have went down, went back to bed, and uh, there, there's I, a lot of opportunities. And four in the morning is no liquidity. And again, if you're coming in at four in the morning, you're new to trading, and you're bidding something up five, six, seven bucks, thinking because somebody else has bid it up. I mean, that's a good, you know, way to get hurt. It's very difficult. There's no liquidity. A lot of funny things happen. Um, I'm going and looking for inefficiencies if I was out there for in the morning. Again, I don't do it anymore because I'm too tired. Um, but, you know, if I was waking up, uh, the odd day, if there was really some movement, I might do it. But you're looking for inefficiencies. That's an inefficiency. Somebody giving too much pop. When we've looked at Pfizer and we've looked at the big companies and we know we get these pops on the drug news, they've typically given it back. And once you have precedence, once you've seen the move before and a stock that's similar, it allows you to have more confidence going in with that call. And uh, also, J&J lost four bucks on Friday. So you're like, oh, people are getting it all back. Bag holders. Yeah. I mean, that was a wicked. I don't know what the imbalances were on that one on Friday, but how? I mean, what a what a treat that was. And then we, when we talked about it on the show, we're like, uh, you know, what about previous day's high? Didn't even get there. In fact, it ended up opening right near its high for the session. Didn't get down to the close. We were talking about that. But here's another thing: when we were looking at it, let's say. 161.45. You threw a short out there. You took eight cents worth of heat and went to 161.53. Missed yesterday's high by a buck and ended up settling still in the green at 159.32. But just wanted to do a little trade review on that one. Spencer. And, and, we're, and we try to talk this stuff. Like we're trying to do a lot of education because there's so many other shows out here right now that are just doing charts and stock picks. We're not charts and stock picks. Charts and, and this is what's out there. Like literally, you watch a lot of other podcasts. It's charts and stock picks. Chart. Oh, I like this chart. I like this chart. We're trying to show you a different angle. You know, I could sit here and do charts and stock picks too, and we do a little not bit fun. of that. It's fun, and it's fun. But you know, Joel's talking. You know, different stuff here too. You know, like different, like talking about. You know, when we look at the Johnson Johnsons, Joel's not looking. You know, really at the pattern or you know, is it breaking down? He's looking. Hey. The thing got hammered on Friday. Now it's a snapback. There's going to be some people that are willing to sell. There's there's the value from a chart to tell you that the thing got hammered for five, six bucks and it's bouncing back in. And, you know, obviously you got the news. So, you know, it helps you with that, too. So we're just trying to educate you guys. You know what I think? I, I think our mm-hmm. biggest edge here and why we're such the dominant pre-market pod, podcast I don't we know talk- if we are. <laughs> I don't know if that, that's patting ourselves on the back a little bit too much, I think so, Joel. But why we have a good following? Why? psychological we talk about the psychological aspects of the market i think i've right? turned everybody off is there only 600 people watching this right now 
What's up? No, I got no, sixteen hundred. Oh, yeah. I'm on a bad bad feed here now. I was gonna say yeah. I must have turned like, everybody off actually, with this educational actually, stuff. Actually, that's that's not even true. There is more than that because there's two different streams going on right now. So oh, I'm watching the other stream. There's there's two thousand watching. Right okay, now. <laughs> I have to add them up. I'm watching the small stream. I was like, yeah. maybe everybody left here. <laughs> Six hundred no. people. I'm like, no, it's yeah, okay, no, so I didn't turn them off. No, no, but just like the psychological aspect of trading. And that, that's, that's what Rob does too. Yeah. You're going to have Rob on. He's going to talk that. Rob Rob can talk the psychology. And you do too, Joel. You you do it well too. You know, talking, okay, well, what is people thinking? You know, you see exactly. this chart. And then you go, and Jeremy Newsom does it well too. You know, and analyzing what are people thinking? You know, he's looking at the chart, you know, for where people are caught. People are looking at breakouts, they're looking at different things, and, and Jeremy's doing a little different, different spin. So maybe I should take back what I said. You know, you can look at charts in a different way, and there is different information to extract from it. I would just say it's only one tool in your toolbox, though. I agree. All right. Enough patting ourselves on the back here. Let's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Joel likes to pat ourselves. But yeah, we're, we're, it's, we all we're like all of the odds. Jeremy told us to do that. Jeremy Newsom says, every once in a while, give yourself a pat on the back. Nobody else can do it for you. Give yourself a pat on the back. We love Jeremy. So, Spencer, I've taken the show completely No, that's totally you. fine. That's that's <laughs> okay. You know, and you got the Oscar behind Spencer. you. When did I mean, the Oscar how, show up? How, how did about... we win an Oscar? What? That's been there for like a week, man. <laughs> Man, I noticed nothing. <laughs> been there for a week. I noticed nothing. Have we talked about it? It's Oscar season. I, uh, Did we no. talk yeah, about yeah. It? Actually, it's an Oscar that that we won. Pre market prep won an Oscar. Pre market prep won uh, an Oscar. I, Excellent. It has been, I figure, hey, if Netflix and Amazon, if they can win an Oscar, is like, yeah, we got that. The, the category was uh, best uh, pre market show. That's exactly it. And we we won it. We gave it to ourselves. <laughs> we gave it to ourselves. <laughs> That's it right there. All and right. Young Spencer. I mean, we're patting ourselves on the back. How much has uh, Spencer improved? Oh, uh, God. Over the I think that Oscar tough. was for best host. Yeah, yeah, best, host. best <laughs> producer. Spencer, we best slept. producer, best Alrighty. producer, best uh, host. We tied for the best host. Enough, enough. Who is the best? <laughs> okay, this, and, is, getting, uh, this the is getting gagging, Joel. We are really turning people off <laughs> now. Guess. I just watched a person leave. Enough. <laughs> best guess. Bill Santiago. Oh my God! Okay, that's good. We, we are uh, speaking Pete of guests. Kelvin. We I'm have still laughing. We have Mee Schneider on, and she'll be on in about five minutes or so. She's the director of trading education and research at Market Gauge. Uh, between now and then, though, uh, I guess we'll do some tickers from the chat because there's a few tickers that Talk that. Uh, all right, and the Coles have earnings. Yes, they did have earnings. Okay, uh, you want to go over those Coles numbers? I didn't see the numbers yet this morning. They yes, were people are just sick of hearing about retail. They were go good. They were good. I'm uh, sick of hearing. Let's go to T I G R Tiger. This no, is let's tough. go to Coles because you know okay, what? Fine, let's go to Coles. We're going to Coles. Give us the numbers. Why Give us the numbers. You anyways, Spencer? I don't know. <laughs> this is Coles beat by what? Mile. beat by mile. Yeah. Uh, EPS, they basically doubled the estimate, $2 versus $1. Um, sales, 6.14 versus $5.86 billion. And they gave uh, guidance in the mid to fiscal year EPS guidance wow. in the mid to high $2 range. So they absolutely kill it, which is so impressive. I mean, in you know, an environment where nobody's even going into their stores or less people are going to the stores. So online must just be killing it here. Very impressive numbers. Not good that it's not trading higher. This is a stock that has run from $20 in November to $57 here today. This is a very important day for this. If this thing starts to go red, Katie bar the door could get ugly. So as long as it holds green, as long as it holds up, let's see what it does at 930. Uh, But man, it's been a hell of a run. It was an awesome quarter. 
Is this, you know, the buy ahead and sell it on the news? Mm. It's a setup for that. That's still to be determined. Let's see what happens here at 57 and 56.90, 56.80. But this has the potential to get ugly if it starts going red. So you need, if you're a bull, if you're long this, you need to hold green. I'm scared of coals. Right yeah, here. there's a. It's leaking. It's leaking as we speaking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me ride. I know that's a good one. It's leaking as we speak. And put that on a shirt, Mitch. Joel, <laughs> Mitch, I'll, Mitch. I'm, I'm we need that, that shirt. We I'm need the meatloaf. We want it now. <laughs> Turning that into a sound clip and, and a shirt. <laughs> it's leaking as we're speaking. <laughs> Come on, guys. I, I'm, I'm a little spooked on it. I'll just say that. <laughs> let me. It's been let a great me, run. Come on. I don't want to laugh at my own jokes. That's that's not I good. I laughed. Okay. Yeah, I know. That was a good one, though. That's just lame. I'm on a roll tonight. Joel's really patting himself on the back. <laughs> my arms are going to be sore. Totally uh, cows your arm ever sore. Shoulder injury see. right there. I, I think 59. I mean, I don't, I don't. Right now, look at this chart. I don't think you're going back up to 59. If you do. It got to 59 then, this morning? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 58. Good I, I'd say I'd take a good hard look at uh, yesterday's high as a, as a potential area. 57.97. That was a high. So probably uh, paper stacking up at 58. So I look at that as resistance. Uh, I wouldn't get real. <clears throat> Wow, Friday's low. That was kind of artificial low because of that crazy day on Friday. I would just look for where do we close at? I'd use that close. Ooh, closes right at fifty-seven too. Oh no, it's it's up a buck and three quarters. So you got some room down to the close if uh, if you're shortness. See what happens at the close. Uh, strong day yesterday. I don't think you're going to see that two-day low, but uh, hanging up here right now. That's for sure. Hold it on. We'll see what We're happens. Holding on. All right, is Misha in, Misha in the house, or are we going to do a ticker? One she, more ticker. She is here. Um, let, let, let's bring her on. Let's bring okay, her on. Uh, she is here, Misha Schneider. Before we bring her on, a reminder, hit that like button, everybody. We appreciate the likes, all the uh, the chats, all the comments. Hit subscribe, hit share, share it on Twitter, share it on MySpace, on GeoCities, whatever websites the kids are on these days. Uh, I don't know. All right, let's bring on Misha Schneider. She is the Director of Trading Education in research for market gauge mish good morning how are we doing good morning well coffee in hand doing great how are you guys doing that's good we also well dennis doesn't drink coffee but i've got my coffee here as well thank god. uh yeah thank god for that uh <laughs> mish how are you doing in, in these markets been a been an interesting few uh few days few weeks we've done really really well because good. after the initial flood of buying in the early part of the year We've really kind of taken it easy and picked just the few sectors that we think are hot after correction. Like, for example, we got long Canaan Inc., which is part of blockchain technology at China. Oh, C-A-N. Yeah, we're, we're familiar. We got long on Friday at 1560. So it's trading at 2260. I mean, it was a 50% rise in a day. So, And that was all I bought for really since like a week. So we've just been really, really careful. And I think that's the key here is if you're going to buy on a correction, make sure it's in a sector that you think is hot and for a good reason. Obviously, anything to do with Bitcoin, blockchain right now is still hot. Um, if you're going to be looking at things like electric cars and battery and energy distribution, that could be hot. But then again, right now, it's been a little bit out of favor as oil has perked up a little bit. 
one, you know, one thing that's really interesting is, you know, we have these all these quant models that we've developed here at Market Gauge. And one of the uh, models, it's the ETF sector model, is getting out of clean energy and into regular energy today. And I thought, wow, that's <laughs> the algorithm is telling you something. So, you know, really, I think the bottom line right now is kind of take it easy because we have a lot of issues floating around the market that need to be resolved before we can figure out whether we're going lower or going higher from here. We're on the line with Mies Schneider at Market Gauge. Uh, Mies, I don't want to go into the whole modern family with you, but uh, you've been talking about the small caps for a long time, and uh, they finally had their day and a little bit of a little bit of a comeback by the big caps here over the last day or two. Uh, Big caps outperformed for years and years and years, and now the little guy's fighting back. Is this, uh, is this just an aberration here, or is it the start of a two, five, ten-year trend? Well, it's definitely not an aberration because it's been going on for months now. Yep. And as you know, you mentioned the small caps of the Russell 2000 in my economic family is granddad. And there's a reason why he's granddad, because he really is the granddad of the U.S. economy because 2,000 small cap stocks are all in the United States. These aren't the companies that have major presences in foreign countries. They may have some, but essentially the manufacturing happens in the U.S. And that's why I've always been watching that as the best indicator of whether or not the economy is going to look to improve. And that's what Granddad is saying right now. We're seeing some of the numbers follow suit with industrial production, manufacturing numbers doing better. And the big tech, which was leading for years, certainly helped the market, but it didn't really, really reflect well on the economy as much as I would have liked to see. And so I'm thrilled. Whether or not it continues, I think we need to see us get over this hump right now. Market desperately is looking for something either from the Federal Reserve in the way of maybe possibly QE, which they haven't talked about in a long time because of these yields going up or certainly by the government with the stimulus and the 1.9 stimulus package and then potentially infrastructure behind that. And I know there are a lot of people who think that's, oh, wow, that's going to be inflationary and blow the markets up and inflation's going to go out of control. But at the same time, you can see how fragile we are here because last week the floorboards got a little creaky once those yields started going up and the conversation about the stimulus started to stall. So, Misha, who or what are you watching right now as your market leader, as your signal? Well, I'm definitely watching transportation very carefully, which sort of goes hand in hand with granddad because where he may be the supply side, and I refer to them as people because they've been my family for so many years, but where grandpa may be the supply side of the economy, transportation is really the demand side of the economy, right? We know we can measure how robust goods and services are moving through the transportation sector. Charles Dow said that many, many, many years ago. And so I think you really have to watch that. You have to see the consumer demand remain robust. Confidence has been better. Retail sales have gone up. You've mentioned now all of a sudden calls reporting. This is a big week for retail. That's going to be an indication. But I've got my eyes there. And then, of course, like everyone else, I've got my eyes on the yields right here because the TLTs took a, quite the dive. Looked like they were going to reverse last week, and now they're down again. They haven't taken out last week's low. So the Fed needs to, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if the Fed doesn't come in and do some supporting of the bond buying program here, 
I think that you will start to see with yields going up may help the banks, but for the consumer, it's going to get a little bit more expensive and um, that could hurt. We'll see. Have you ever seen a disconnect between the market and the Fed? Is what we're seeing right now. I mean, the, the the bonds are just getting killed. The market's telling Mr. Pump and Powell that rates need to go up. And he just, every time he comes on the horn, he's just like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Have you, have you ever seen that, that, that kind of disconnect between the Fed and the street? Not really. I think this I is, this, yeah, no, this is classic. And that's why I've taken a big giant step back before we start loading up on stocks here. I've been very long a lot of the commodities. I think we talked about that last time. Still long corn, wheat, uh, DBA, sugar, coffee. We've taken profits along the way, but we still have a core position in all of those. Um, and I think even if the rates go up, but one of the things that it's reflecting is this fear of inflation and the inflation not looking like the classic inflation the Fed looks at. There's another disconnect. The Fed looks at it through really the labor market and the personal consumption expenditure. And right now, with oil being still relatively cheap, that they're saying no inflation. But if you look at the, the, the food prices, and the, and the prices of industrial metals like copper and steel and lumber and housing prices. I mean, it's insane here what's going on with housing prices. This is a double-edged sword with these uh, interest rates because if the interest rates start to creep up, it'll affect the market. It'll also affect the housing market. And that, in turn, could really, I think, send a, a very negative message to the overall market that things got too heated too fast and we're really much more fragile, which is what the Fed is saying. But they don't have much control right now what's happening in these short-term yields. They can't do anything. They can't lower the Fed's fund rate. The only thing they can do well, is- Well, they can. They, they can. They can go below zero. They can, but they probably- <laughs> Yes, good point. <laughs> but they may not. But what they might do, and it would be amazing, but they might, and the only thing really they have left besides going below zero, as you say, is, uh, is QE. So uh, it's going to be interesting right here. I, I would tell people to- be optimistic and watch the oil market too. Obviously, that's a factor. But um, but at the same time, don't go crazy right here until we know that we can get through this hump. Beans in the teens. I haven't said that in a long time there. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, Nine-month yeah. nine winning streak for the soybeans. Is it going to be 10? Looks like it could be a little bit tired here. Uh, potential double top in uh, – uh, in the, on the monthly chart, at least in the soybeans. But, boy, I haven't looked at those commodities in a long time. Uh, just uh, talking about some other uh, – any other sectors, some that, uh, you know, haven't maybe left the, the station yet on the rally or maybe if they haven't left, they're not going to leave. Any any of the laggers, anything that uh, you've been disappointed in? Well, before, before I answer that, I just want to say something about the beans, because right now, Argentina and Brazil are in a very, very fragile situation themselves in terms of the weather. As we oh, know, the, uh, crops, ooh, yep. yeah, the crops have been hit anyway because of just the supply chain disruption and lower production, et cetera. But now they're heading into their drought season. And I was listening to somebody in Argentina say that if Argentina and Brazil do not get some very desperately needed rain, that that could really, really cut the soybean and corn production. And of course, we know China demand is huge. 
And so this is a, this the double top could also turn out to be a blow up. Yeah, weather yeah. is huge. We don't we don't talk commodities enough. And yeah, the weather factor you got to keep your eye on that. Uh, uh, excellent point there. Uh, well, one thing we can't control. What can't we control? We can control the rates. We can control the dollar. And at least we can try to manipulate things. When I say we, I mean the powers that be. But we cannot control Mother Nature, as we have learned over and over and over again. And so that's why I love commodity trading, because ultimately, when things get out of control, beyond our control, that's when you see those things fly and you can make a lot of money. And I like to say, I don't like to make money on, on the backs of something bad. But what we've been doing is giving a lot of money back to food depots because people are still starving. So if you're going to make money in food commodities, give it back by helping people who need to eat. That's anyway, Thank I just you for to- saying that. No, that Misha, our chat has got a great memory. You were on two months ago and you mentioned seed and our chat remembers that. Uh, Our chat knows everything. Do you you have any updated thoughts there on uh, SEED? Well, it was going to be one of the things that I was going to say that I'm still so bullish on. I'm so bullish on ag tech. I think that that's really the future, regardless of what happens right here with the crops and the supply chain and the demand and anything else that might happen in terms of hoarding. Ag tech is here to stay. Seed is a Chinese company called Origin. We have been in it. We're actually looking to add to it. It's been sort of fluctuating here between 21, 25. And I see, I think it's coming in. It's like 23.50 bid pre-market. Gets to 25.50.26. I think we're going to add to it because we've already taken some off. I'm very bullish in seed. I'm also very bullish in app harvest, A-P-P-H. Because that's actually in the United States. It's, uh, it's farming that's being done from an alternative way through greenhouses to produce organic, healthy, and cheaper produce. Right now, they're just doing tomatoes, but they're looking to branch out. Huge backing behind them, including, um, oh, God, what's her name? The, the woman uh, who's in jail. Oh, all of a sudden, I'm having blanking on her. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. She's not still in jail. No, <laughs> well, that was. No, 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 she's like the only person. Not, not free Martha. Free Martha. <laughs> I actually have a friend who went to the trial. Another T-shirt match. Wait, 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 wait. Listen to me. me, me keep going. Sorry, say that again. But no, I, I have a friend who actually went to the trial during that whole Martha Stewart thing in New York years ago. Oh, man. But, but anyway, I mean, so App Harvest is a big thing. I keep getting these sense that Bill Gates, who we found out recently, is the largest owner of farmland in the United States. I mean, yep. I thought, wow, um, you know, he can get involved with some of, uh, some of that existing ag tech. So, yeah, I'm big into the ag tech. What else am I really looking at here? Well, I'm still really into 3D printing. 3D had their um, report come out, mm-hmm. so it's coming in a little bit lower. Um, I'd be looking to buy that if it gets anywhere close to about 30 31 dollars a share why did 3d have such a move i mean uh and you know obviously we can look here this has been a stock that as was 80 dollars back in 2014 it's been dead money for five years and all of a sudden you know at the beginning of 2021 it goes from 10 to 60 in about a month was this a reddit thing like what do we know why 3d printing all of a sudden just decide everybody thought this is the future when they didn't think it was the future for the last five years 
Well, there's a, actually there was a few reasons. Number okay. one is from a fundamental standpoint, there were there were definitely improvement in terms of the revenues that they said that they were going to report. There was some guidance that showed that they were going to do very well. Well, the, the earnings were a little bit disappointing, but that was a factor. Huge short float there, as you said. There yeah. was some Reddit buying. Kathy Woods came in and bought. Uh, DDD. And I think after it floundered like around five, six, seven dollars, it was just ripe for a move going up as 3D printing is also another one of those future megatrends that's that I think could explode over the course of the next several years. And uh, it's great technology. So anything that sort of technology that's either been ignored or new technology has been definitely on the radar of Kathy Wood and ARC. And if it's got a huge short float, as we know, on the radar of, of the Reddit group. So all of that. And, and we've been bullish, too. So um, we've taken several profits. We're holding a little teeny bit of a tail here. And again, we either get stopped out under 30 or and we bought it like eight or, or we add at that level. So I really like that uh, area, too, still 3D printing. I'm also interested, really interested in data collection. Okay. Because that's another huge thing that's going on all over the world. You know, you know, you, you think something and then you open up your Facebook page and there's an ad for it. You didn't even tell anybody that. You yeah. How does that work? <laughs> right? Well, that's all done. That's all algorithms that are all done through data collection. And because what's happening in China right now is it's going from a service economy into a more consumer economy. What they're doing is they're really tracking the preferences, particularly of women, but not just women. And this this tracking of the preferences that we all have, that we all, whether we buy something or we mention something or we Google search something, gets tracked. And that's data collection that is huge. That is the real future of retail as well. So you have a stock or, 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 are, are, are you talking you like a, you a, talking Trade Desk or Podmatic or, yeah. or, or uh, my personal favorite is Datadog, maybe just because okay. I like to say it. it. <laughs> but uh, but DDOG yeah. because it really did take off. We got we we did great on that. We bought it at like ninety five. It went all the way up to like one hundred fifteen. We're gone from that, and we're watching it. It's sort of basing here between ninety five and one hundred. It's high on my list to be watching right now. Is again, I'm being cautious all around, but this is sort of my list. And then I'll give you one more that I'm really interested in. It's uh it it's it's another company. It's a it's a blank check company that uh, it's SVAC, oh, uh, yeah. Star, Starlight. Star, that, that's the Starboard Star, value one, yeah, The right? Starboard one that they yes, just bought yes, that. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, Thank yeah. you for, yeah, my, my, my memory in the, of detail sometimes in the morning is a little fuzzy, but. I've got a small piece in this still left as, as, do, as well. do I. Did you hold on? You, you held on. Really? Spencer is as still do on. I. Oh, tell We're along this pre-SPAC and then, wow. <laughs> I, I, I buy a lot of the SPACs pre-deal and then sell into the pop. I did sell a lot of this into the pop, but I held a piece because you know why? The company they were buying, same thing. I was like, I kind of like that idea. So I didn't yeah, mind the, the target. Six yeah. Terra, C-Y-X Terra. Yeah. Yeah. And they, what are they doing? I mean, they're going into the global retail space to connect all this data. So it's not quite data collection in the same way we just talked about with Datadog, but it is definitely in terms of connecting all of the different uh, global retail people to be able to talk to one another through this software is why it's got huge amount of money behind it with this blank check company. We're, we haven't gotten in yet. It's funny. We're looking to get in. I've been watching it so carefully because it's just sitting there. Yeah. But as soon as it shows any signs of life, we're in. 
So I'm trying to go more on the social disruptor technology and not necessarily the classic stuff that we've always been into. I mean, we've got some Wells Fargo, we've got some classic stuff. We were in China, we got out. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we're looking at food commodities, new technology, blockchain technology, and ag tech. That's my, and I got one more for, I want one more sector. And you've, you, you've mentioned ag tech. Uh, what about, what about the marijuana sector? Excuse me. <laughs> That's oh my about. God, I almost choked on my coffee. <laughs> Joel, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, thank you for reminding me about that, Joel. Yeah, we are totally, totally bullish in the cannabis sector. And I think that the fact that it's sitting here is another great opportunity to keep your eyes on because it hasn't gone anywhere. It had the big move up. And again, Tilray in particular, attention of the Reddit group. Now Tilray's been sitting and sitting. We have a small position. We're looking to add to Tilray. I think that you've got Virginia now passing a legislation for recreational marijuana. I'm in New Mexico. It just passed the House in New Mexico. If it gets through the Senate, New Mexico is going to go legal. I think we have something like 33 states now, uh, medical and 15 or 16 states recreationally. You've got Tilray being looked at in Europe now, Portugal, France, England for doing research on medical marijuana. Yeah, it's it. That's another one. Thank you. Yes, that would be my other place. All right, Mee Schneider is the Director of Trading Education and Research for Market Gauge. You can find her on Twitter at Market Minute. Mish, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Have a great Thanks, day. Thanks, Mish. All right. Always, great always to nice to have that, that female voice, you know, that cheery. What, to, ba- to balance uh, us out is what you're saying? Yeah, That's great. My, my yeah. raspy voice and... Dennis she really Brandon. knows her stuff, too. I mean, she's just a great guest because she knows so much. Yeah. I mean, yep. there's a, a guest that just knows so much about everything. So, All right, let's do some ticker time from the chat. There's a few tickers that chat was talking about. I want to cover them. Uh, I tried to mention this earlier, TIGR. Guys, this is one that uh, Jason was was long. I don't do not know if he still owns this thing, but he was betting that he's, he was seeing what's happening over in China as far as trading activity yeah. and retail trading, and this is a way to play that. Uh, pull the chart up here on my thing. Guys, thoughts on TIGR? This is uh, a Chinese retail. You, uh, you at least got a line in the sand now, and yep, that would be two days low, the 2260 low. So if you want to take a shot, you're leaning on the 2260. 2260 goes, you got to get out. Trading again is all about discipline and knowing when to get out when your trade is moving against you. How do you know when the trade is moving against you? It either takes out your original out plan or you start losing money. So, I mean, I look at this. It's a stock that's had a nice run, and then you got a healthy pullback here. So the chart is still healthy. Um, I don't know anything about the individual fundamentals on this, so I can't comment to that at all. I would just say the 2260 level from two days ago needs to needs to hold. That's it. Needs to hold. And you had you did have like a couple lower lows, and then that low hold. So I'd like to set up there. What the bulls need here is to get back over 30. You know, if, if yeah. this is just a healthy pullback from what, uh, 38 to 22, we're going to catch a bid here. We're going to go to 30. We're going to challenge 30. We're going to close over 30 and we'll take a run at 38. So classic, you know, pullback here. Is it ready for a retracement? That's what you got to find out. Don't really like it under this 20. I mean, you got another couple lows to lean on, but look at the way they're spaced out there. So there's not 2075, and then you get into these three lows. So let's see if it's ready for a retracement and uh, get back up. Where's those pair of highs at? Pair of highs 
Uh, nothing real close. Uh, next target. I mean, first things first. Let's get to uh, yesterday's high, 26.43. There's 100 stock charts, maybe 500 stock charts that look the same, where you've had ridiculous yeah. runs. Yep. And now you've had pullbacks here. And think about the 50%. You know, you can just bring up any of these smaller cap growth names like Jamaya, Fubo. They, they all look the same. So they're all going to move together and continue to move together, too, to a certain extent. Obviously different. But, you know, overall, it's a small cap growth. And that's a small cap growth name, whether it's China. You know, obviously individual, you know, news is going to matter. But, I mean, overall, these things are all tracking together. Someone mentioned yeah. Neo. Uh, they reported, right? Yeah, let's talk it. Oh yeah, let's, let's go over Ooh. Neo. Oh, we, we didn't even do Zoom yet, guys. Uh, all right, let's do Neo and Zoom. All sure. right, geez, uh, Neo. I don't know if you care about the earnings because this this company is so early on. Uh, I'll just give you the delivery number. They delivered seventeen point three thousand cars last quarter versus eight thousand in the same quarter a year ago. They're guiding wow. for Q one deliveries and around twenty to a smidge over 20,000 cars delivered this quarter. Uh, Q1 sales guidance is going to be in the $1.1 billion range. Um, as far as the, the, the Q4 numbers, whatever. The earnings per share, they lost 14 cents, sales $1 billion. I don't know. You got some support in the mid-40s, that low of the move, 41.66. That's a long ways out, though. I feel like you're coming know, in here, it's like a coin flip. This is a tough chart. This is a tough chart. I'm easier to give you the resistance for now, and that's uh, yesterday's low at 47.63. The close above that, but first things first, you got to get working into uh, get into yesterday's range. That doesn't happen. I don't know. It just feels. I mean, at least over the last hour here, you have a step down seller, and he is being pretty patient. He's come down. Every bracket less, you know, over the last 45 minutes and you got the pre-market low. It's just the way it's hanging out, the way that it just, it doesn't look, I just not real convicted that this one, you buy it here, you can lean on the pre-market low. That's not even giving you much room. So there you go. That's the big number. The big number is the one, wow, got down to 41.66. Just a lot of air pockets in here. Uh, but uh, two-day low, forty-four sixty-two. That's two bucks away. So we'll see if we get there. What about Zoom, guys? They Zoom! Blew, they blew it away last quarter. Uh, earnings per share of a buck twenty-two versus seventy-nine cent estimate. Sales of eight eighty-two versus eight eleven million dollars. So they blew away the estimates for Q four. They also gave a lot of guidance. They gave Q one EPS guidance that was well above the estimate. They gave EPS guidance in the High 90 cent range versus a 72 cent estimate. They gave EPS guidance for the year that was in the mid three dollar range, above the two dollar estimate or two ninety. Uh, and they gave sales guidance that was also above the estimate. So everything was above the estimate last night for Zoom. Again, is this as good as it gets? You know, that's the question. I mean, they need well, to no, come out it, with it, some it other was, product. It was better last October. Couldn't talk to that. Oh, so so it's not even as good as it gets. So it's better. So I don't know. Four fifty. That's your level. That's a line in the sand. That's where it's really struggled. Does it get through four fifty? I know it did in the pre market. It needs to get back up through. That's your level. So if it can't get up through at four fifty, um, that I think is a clear, clear resistance point. Uh, you know. Also, I think on this one, I think that uh, some people got caught this one. Uh, it looked on uh, on Friday. You know, it looked like yeah, we're going down, right? And that 360 area, people are playing. I'm going to bring in my short around 340 ahead of the report, and no can do. Real strong day yesterday, so people were left scratching their head on that. 
Uh, really, you have some confluence here. You have your pre-market high at 458.19. Uh, my rough 50% retracement is coming in at 457, triple D. I'm like the 460 area. Also, you gapped up to that area. How many people are waiting for that gap fill at 460? So that's like, that's a, just short term. That just looks like a sell zone to me if it gets back up there. Might not even get back up there. A lot of people waiting to get the money back in Zoom. Zoom. Psychotropic Thunder talking about seas. Sea World's making new all time highs. Oh, Can you man. believe that? This is this, this market. It's like I so just... disconnected from all fundamentals. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get out of this pandemic and we're all going to see Shamu and SeaWorld. <laughs> um, that's, you know, the fundamental thoughts behind it. But the real reason is, what's the short interest on this puppy? Uh, it's probably, it, it's always like. It's always been high. It's always kind of high. Uh, I mean, you're still, you still got this squeeze going on where they're still attacking these. I don't want to be short anything that's got like 20% short interest or more. Doesn't, because yeah. it just seems like eventually Reddit finds it. I mean, I'm, I, I'm only showing seven. So I'm actually yep. showing that's, quite that's, light that's again. What I these, too. Yeah, is that what you're showing too? Yep. Doesn't show super high, so maybe that theory's got a hole in it, but I don't get it at all. I mean, this if you're investing if you're trading on fundamentals right now, you're gotta be banging your head against the wall because nothing makes sense. You can't even think about fundamentals. You can't think, Oh, here's a you know, a, a an amusement park that is struggling, you know, probably not open. You know, I don't know how many sea worlds they have, if they have even more than one. But what else do they do? Besides the besides the theme park, what else do they do? Do they have other businesses? Is there uh, like SeaWorld Channel? Is there SeaWorld app? Is there like a SeaWorld like uh, streaming, you know, so we can watch Shamu swim around in his pool? I don't think so. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they do something else. But, man, I what a it. gift. What a gift. So I, I don't know when this party ends for SeaWorld, you know, and, and the market's stupid enough. That these, you know, fundamental, you know, they're so disconnected from fundamentals, price can go anywhere. I mean, when GameStop can continue to be $117, the whole, you, know, you can't even worry oh, about I'll be, I'll be damned. SeaWorld owns Sesame Place, which if you're not from the Northeast, you wouldn't know what that is. But it's a Sesame Street themed amusement park that I went to when I was a kid. Oh, oh, cool. I'll be damned. So they got a couple other parks. Uh, you know, that yeah. place, I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of dirty. I remember that. I remember that. I remember coming out of that place and my feet were like, it was. I don't the know Sesame was Street wet. one or the SeaWorld one? <laughs> How can your feet be wet at SeaWorld, man? Because you're into what? No, no, hey, no. I liked SeaWorld as a kid. Would I buy the stock at 50 bucks? No. It could go to 100. It could do anything. Yes. I mean, the stock's making. I don't short stocks. Make a new all time highs. Is this a new all time high for SeaWorld? Is it really? It's, ten, it's a seven year high. I just I just want to go to Blizzard Beach. I, we, know. Go we, huge, we know. We know. A huge slide. Yeah, we know. And we I'm going to make Lisa go down, even though she doesn't want you, to. You know, we don't even talk about like other uh, assets on this show. But like, have you guys talk, seen this like NBA Top Shot thing? Do you know what that's about? Oh yes, I have. The, the, have you heard about this, Dennis? It's, it's not just the stock market going crazy. There are other assets out there oh, that are going gosh. absolutely like berserk. This it's basically like a blockchain based. Uh, thing it's a non-fungible token which means you basically you you can buy it and trade it on the blockchain but they're just, it's highlights it's highlights of basketball players that would otherwise be freely available and you you get a pack like a card but it's a it's a digital highlight and you can resell it 
and these things are going for like thousands of crazy. dollars. Crazy, yeah, what, video what? clips. It's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Everything is all just—it's a speculative bubble, and everybody's just saying, "Okay, there's going to be another buyer for something tomorrow." You know, I should make a triple D coin, you know, you, and come you out. You should, like, or we should make a pre-market prep coin. I mean, this is just the market that we're in. Let's be honest here. I'm long Bitcoin. Is this going to be, you know, like Citigroup with their report? Do you think we're all transacting in Bitcoin? And great, and and great uh, from FT too. Did you see them debunk the Citigroup? Uh, report there that no, you know, no. this is a and I'm blowing Bitcoin. This is good for me, but they were they said in the report that 36 percent of small businesses in the U.S. are accepting Bitcoin. There's no That's way. That's what Citigroup there said. No, there's no way. There's no way. You're telling me one out of three small businesses are accepting Bitcoin as a form of payment? Where did they get that data from? That's what Financial Times was saying. They they threw right out there, and they're like, "This is like just ridiculous. This isn't true." This is Citigroup, 108-page report. They, 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 report probably, they probably did some survey of 100, and they extrapolated from there. But 30, there, That's just stupidity. That's I mean, insane. there's no way a third of businesses are accepting Bitcoin as a form of payment. So I don't know what that was all about, but props to Financial Times uh, for, for pointing that out. Um, because I was like, that is absurd. That's so amazing. I love the Bitcoin story. The reason I bought Bitcoin... And Thanksgiving of 2020 wasn't because I thought we were all going to transact in Bitcoin. It was because I thought the story was going to get hot. That is what has happened. This market is nothing to do with fundamentals. It is all about a story. We had Andrew Lepp on our show said the same thing. He said, story is all that matters. Put that on a t-shirt because right now, that is all that matters. One day, fundamentals will matter again. But in this market, it is story and that is it. SeaWorld's got a hot story. We're reopening. We're all going back to SeaWorld. Who cares if they're burning cash? This market is all about a story. Rocket story starts to get hot. You know, there's probably rocket emojis on Reddit, you know, trying to give it. I mean, that's what this market is. It's all about a hot story. Everybody, it's back to 1999, you know, it's the same thing. Like, remember Excite at Home? Do you remember that one, Joel, at home? Yeah, I do, yeah. It was cable internet. And it was going to change the world because we're all going to cable internet. And you know what it did? We did. We did all go to cable internet. That stock went from 5 bucks to $200. The market cap was billions of dollars because they were the cable internet provider. And eventually it went bankrupt. So, I mean, the story, that was story. That was carried by a story. The cable internet story was hot. Internet story. AOL. Time Warner, you know, AOL became bigger than Time Warner. Time Warner bought him for that ridiculous market cap. Or AOL bought Time Warner. I, I don't remember which way it was. But, I mean, this is what we are in. We are in the, the age of right now, information age. And information's passed around through social media. And, you know, everything, you know, everybody's pumping out their story over here. And, you know, it's all about a story right now. But eventually, fundamentals do matter. So if you're trading, trade with the story. If you're long-term investing, just be careful. If you're buying stuff, you know, on hopes and dreams, eventually a lot of those hopes could get dashed. So just be careful. That's all I'm saying. If you're Is that a Shark stories, Shark but... t-shirt you got on, Dennis? A oh, Shark it's Shark? A, it's Daddy Shark. <laughs> Daddy good. Shark. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wait, what about for those of us who bought, who bought and hold uh, for 20 years our, our Beanie Babies? What would they people like me? Well, I, I got those. My mom's got a whole pile of those. Yeah. So you get some money for those Beanie Babies? Yeah. Yeah. I'll sell those Beanie Babies. My mom's got like the princess one, like the Diana princess one. Let's let's go. go. 
Let's go. Mom, if you're listening, we got to get – Mom, we need the Beanie Babies now. Get We're the selling babies. those things. 100 bucks a baby. Let's go. <laughs> the Beanie Babies now. The sports cards market is blasted off. I got a bunch of hockey cards. I got to sell those things too. Sell all this stuff. Get yeah. out but you know what it is? It's that money is free and money's getting thrown around and it doesn't know where to go and it's trying to find a home and it's finding a home over here and it's finding a home in these speculative stocks. It's finding a home in penny stocks. It's finding a home in Bitcoin and crypto. It's finding a home and in, 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 in sports collectibles. It's finding a home in baby beanie babies. It's just looking for something besides cash because cash is trash. Yeah. I thought I saw or I heard that someone bought some Hold I don't on. even know what player no. it was. Hold the beanie babies. Don't sell that. Hold the beanie babies. Someone... Been, my mom's been holding the beanie babies for thirty <laughs> years, man. Whenever the hell they came out. Joel, we have garbage saying? bags full of those things. You want beanie babies? We'll sell them. Joe, what are you gonna say? We're, yeah, we're, gonna... we're we're starting up beanie babies selling, you know, uh Pre-market token. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I heard, I can't remember. It wasn't even like a really big player, but it was a, I don't know if it was a video or something, but someone bought it for like 22 grand. And then the next day they flipped it for like 40 grand. So they're, you know, I I don't. The real estate market too. Oh I mean, it's gone, just silly. I don't know, like where where you guys are, but up here in cottage yeah. country, there's places that we're selling for like, like literally in the town, not even on the water. The average house in the town where I was like five years ago is two hundred grand. It's like six hundred grand now. Like housing prices have doubled in like the last three or four years, like doubled, and maybe some in some places even more than that. I mean, there is just yeah. money yeah. being thrown around everywhere right now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the the Washington Journal has had a number of good stories about people just buying houses. My mom houses. says her beanie baby's not for sale. She <laughs> She's listening. Princess di- the princess beanie stays. She's holding uh, the beanie she's babies. Odling. Diamond hands, baby. She's diamond hands. diamond hands on the beanie babies. All right. Uh, she said no, no, no in three separate texts. It's gonna princess be... stays, not for sale. Hodl those beanie babies. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, it's going to be a wrap for our show today. Uh, thanks to our guest, Mish Schneider from Market Gauge. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Once again, this show is available as a podcast. If you're listening to this show via podcast, please remember that all the information on our show is meant for uh, informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Opinions expressed do not represent those of Benzinga, merely the hosts and guests and y'all people in the chat hit that like button once again uh on youtube on facebook on twitch wherever you are watching this we appreciate that as well check out our swag store uh that's at swag.benzinga.com uh email us with any questions comments concerns pre-market at benzinga.com if you're listening via podcast please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.